Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we warmly welcome back Emma to the podcast, sharing her most recent birth. Emma's first birth can only be described as a dream unfolding, one you can hear in more detail over on episode 102. While Emma maintained the awareness that each birth is a unique journey, as she approached her second birthing experience, there was a natural sense of anticipation that it might progress more quickly. However, this labor would unfold over a span of 29 hours. Emma guides us through the series of events that triggered enough disruption for her body to react in its innate protective manner. Recognizing the impact of these subtle yet profound interruptions on her labor and observing a slowing of surges when she felt ready to push, Emma drew upon the wisdom accumulated over her years as a wellness expert, skillfully realigning herself and making the necessary adjustments to her environment so that her birth could unfold undisturbed. Today's story stands as a testament to our biology and the instinctual response of our bodies, highlighting Emma's extraordinary strength and wisdom. Wisdom that enabled her to maintain trust and reclaim control over her birth space, creating the environment she needed to guide her son home on the 29th hour by the fire and witnessed by her firstborn. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Positive Birth Australia. So excited to have you back on the show today. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here. For those that don't already know, could you please just let the listeners know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name's Emma Maidman. We live in the Northern Rivers um, of New South Wales, just out of Byron Bay, for those that maybe aren't familiar with Northern Rivers. Um, In my family, I have myself, my partner Tyson, and our two little boys, River, who is almost three, which is wild. He turns three at the end of the year. And um, our latest addition, little baby Osha, who is now four months old, and in 
is four months sleep regression, progression, whatever you want to call it thing. Um, (laughs) And my partner and I both run a business together and are just really passionate about sharing meditation and mindfulness and movement with the world, um, particularly for parents. So that's a little bit about us. Amazing. And you also have, you're still doing your thriving mama's club as well. Do you Mm -hmm. want to tell us about that? Yeah, so I run the Thriving Mamas Club um, and a mentorship as well. It's kind of going to evolve into a bit of a hybrid at the moment just to serve, I guess, more mamas and the season of life that I'm in. But I'm really passionate about helping mums find ways to just find those small moments of particularly nervous system regulating practices because it is incredibly often overwhelming and overstimulating and just a lot being a mum. And then often you add to that, like, how is it realistic that I'm going to go and meditate for an hour or get out to a yoga class for 90 minutes? Like those kinds of things just seem so unachievable, particularly in the early throes of motherhood when you're breastfeeding or you have small children that are just reliant and want you around all the time. So everything we do in Thriving Mama is about getting mums to do small little things throughout the day, whether that's moving the body, breath work, meditation, those kinds of things to help them regulate in the moment and also those teeny tiny pockets of time for themselves. And then the work that I do in the mentoring program is a deeper dive in that, like looking at the stories that we hold around motherhood, boundaries, how to tap in and and actually trust our intuition, which is such a big one for mamas, um, and learning how to write your own script of motherhood. So who do you want to be as a mother? And then how do you show up and own that in a really empowered way is what I'm really passionate about helping women with. Yeah, amazing. I was really lucky that I was able to do the Thriving Mamas Club. And I must say the the meditations and the yoga practices were so valuable. They're, they're contained into these bite-sized pieces that you can easily fit into your schedule. I found it really achievable and, yeah, I enjoyed my time so much. Oh, that's great feedback. Thanks, hon. So today we're focusing on your second birth, Osha's birth. But for anyone that doesn't know, you shared your first birth with River over on episode 102. Crazy to think that I've done over 100 episodes. That's so (laughs) I know, right? Um, So let's touch on River's birth first and do a little recap before we move on. So, gosh, almost three years ago now, I was heavily, heavily pregnant. Um, And my birth, which, yeah, I share in episode 102, go back and have a full listen to the details. But essentially, it was very much a textbook home birth. Um, My waters broke. I was about almost 42 weeks um, and my waters broke and he was born eight hours later in a birth pool at home um obviously like there were challenges within you know the labor and and that being my first time but I felt like I'd done so much preparation in the lead up with my mindset that I treated it like it was going to be a marathon and it turned out to be a sprint um I actually remember like I was so mentally prepared for a marathon that I was in the transition phase when I said to my midwife like just wondering how much longer is this going to go for and she was like um how long's a piece of string and I was just because I was more thinking oh shit if I have 36 more hours of this like how am I going to do that I'm at my edge and then literally like an hour later he was born so um it was just such a beautiful beautiful birth experience I had just my partner there with me supporting we were going to have a doula but that kind of all fell through and so um yeah he was there as daddy doula and he's he's had like a coach mindset to it so he was kind of like making sure I was hydrated and, you know, having like sugary snacks to keep my energy up and just really um, holding a beautiful space for me just to surrender and go into that beautiful 
um, birthing mode. And it was, for me, it was just such an empowering experience. And I think one of the first words I said when I looked at him, and I hope I can swear on this podcast, sorry, if there's any little ears listening. Um, I, I like, there's a video and I'm like, holy shit, you just came out of my body. Like (laughs) I was so, I was so like, whoa, I just, birthed a human into the world that is insane like it took me a long time to ground back to earth after that and so yeah I was sort of anticipating you know I was quite petite in my pregnancy and everyone's kept saying to me you can have a tiny baby tiny baby and this like 4.2 kilo ginormous human came out of me (laughs) um which was you know I guess just to show that and, and my second birth is a massive reflection of that as well as you can never base your expectations on what everyone else says around you but yeah, had had him and then birthed the placenta. I had a really short cord, which was very frustrating. So I wanted to get the placenta out straight away, got that out. And then, um, yeah, we had, you know, did the breast crawl and did that, you know, beautiful skin on skin for hours and then had a really reverent postpartum experience um, where we did the first 40 days we had no visitors and we just really anchored into home life and just our little postpartum bubble and then after that we slowly started opening up for people to come and visit um and obviously that looks different the second time around with the toddler as well so yeah it was it was very much like a dream birth experience and people kept asking me is there anything you would change from your first birth you know when I was preparing for my second and I was like no can I just have the exact same thing again like is that how it works (laughs) (laughs) it is not how it works um yeah, it was just, yeah, whilst there was moments of of challenge, um, I just felt, yeah, I just loved it. I really, really enjoyed that experience of being like, I just brought life into the world. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. Wow. So incredible. And then at what point did you feel like you were ready to open up the doors again and welcome a new child in? So it's quite an interesting story that um, so kind of after Rivi was born, he was about 11 months old when we were flooded in the floods that happened up here in the Northern Rivers. And so we lost our house and we spent two nights camping on top of a hill. And like the last thing any person of like like an SES person of authority said to us was like, just get to high ground and wait for a helicopter. So we were like, what? So we're on this hill with our baby just being like, oh, my God, what is happening? It was It was such an intense time. And then coming back into the town and having to – clean everything up and the smell it was it was wild I've never experienced anything like it you know there was no electricity no fresh water no money like no one could get a no one could get access to the ATM because there was no electricity no internet so you couldn't check in on people you had to like literally drive to their house and see if they were okay it was such a wild experience and so after that we thought okay let's do something totally different let's buy a bus um and we'll do a trip and we'll travel around Australia and then we'll think about having a second child And so we bought the bus, turned out to be a massive job, Um, just more, it was just, it was an old vintage bus. And it was like, my, my partner has literally rebuilt a bus from the ground up. It's amazing, but oh my gosh, it turned, what we thought would just be a quick build turned into like a full refurb. So that started taking way longer than we thought. And we were kind of just living in this, you know, temporary house, just being like, okay, well, the bus, the bus, the bus was kind of the focus. And having that discussion of like, oh, you know, Rivi's getting to two. I didn't want a huge gap between kids. I felt like I just started getting so much independence back with him being closer to two and, you know, being less reliant on, I was still breastfeeding, but he was less reliant on it. Um, And then, yeah, we just, I guess, I think once you start having those conversations energetically, you know, that I, I really don't think spirit babies work on our you know, <laughs> our timelines. They're on their own. Yeah. It's, energy, it's energy. So once we started discussing it, 
around, okay, so, you know, maybe we'll do the bus and then six months into that we'll get pregnant. I didn't want to birth, you know, on the road kind of thing. I sort of wanted to have that trip done and then ground somewhere. So that was kind of where our brains were at. And then we actually woke up one day and I just didn't feel right and found out we were pregnant. We were like, okay, well, that's about 12 months ahead of plan, but that's okay, you know, we'll make it work. And then I had a miscarriage. And so we went through that massive grieving process and we did this beautiful ceremony together. Like I very much treated that miscarriage as a birth. Um, It was way more intense because my my toddler was obviously watching it happen and it was quite, I was very, very primal through the whole process. And I was like, you just need to get him out of here to my partner. And he didn't want to leave me, but I was like, I just need to be, I just need to do this. And so I treated it like a birth. I put on a birth playlist and I just, yeah, birthed. It, it was, it is a birth, you know, it's just not a desired outcome. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I was then kind of focused on healing from that. Um, and after about two weeks, I started to feel good. And then a few weeks later, I just wasn't feeling good again. And I was like, ah, oh. and all my friends around me who'd experienced loss were saying, babe, it takes ages. You know, I just didn't have, I didn't have energy to exercise and that's not like me. I didn't have any, I was just sluggish. I was feeling not, I was off my food and they're like, oh babe, you know, it takes a while to heal. I'm kind of thinking, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense, but also doesn't really because I felt really good after a couple of weeks and now I feel not so great again. Anyway, it turns out I'd fallen pregnant again um, in that <laughs> it's wild, right? Wild. So according to my Chinese medicine doctor, they were saying like you're actually quite, can be quite fertile after a miscarriage because it's a massive detox for the uterus. Um, so that was just insane to get your head around, to go from like, pregnant a loss and then suddenly pregnant again and you know like you're just trying to process like oh my gosh like last month I was grieving and now I'm like is this happening again and so yeah it was it was a really wild start to the pregnancy and that then obviously put a bit of a shift in our plans with you know our bus trip vision um because I was, you know, I was very clear that I didn't want to be heavily pregnant traveling around Australia. I wanted to be grounded. I wanted to birth again with the same midwife we'd use for Riv. So we kind of put pressed pause on that project um, and yeah, decided to move somewhere housing wise that was a little bit more stable and that could hold us as we transitioned into our next phase of life. Amazing. And so how was that pregnancy for you? Was there any fear, obviously, in the beginning about potential miscarriage again? I think my perspective on that, I I just have so much trust in the timing of your life and that these little spirit babies come in when they're meant to and they journey for as long as they're meant to. And so I see it in a way that like, yes, obviously I was devastated having to go through that process was very raw and emotional. Um, But I also just, I just have so much trust in, in the karma and the timing of it all. So I was more just, it was more just rough that I was so sick. Like my, the the morning sickness was way worse than it was in my first pregnancy. Um, and it was pretty bad with Rivi, but yeah, I was just nauseous and vomiting all day. Um, it was, yeah, it was really, really rough. It kind of got to the point where I was like, I just, I ended up going to stay at my mom's house for a few weeks and brought Riv with me because I just needed someone there. My partner was working a lot of the time. I was like, I just need someone to, to do the parenting for me right now because I was a mess. Like I was so exhausted and sick and yeah, it was really, really hard. And I think coming off the back of a miscarriage as well, I was a bit more depleted going into that pregnancy. I was mindful of that, but knowing that I couldn't keep anything down to replenish myself. So yeah, it was a bit of a vicious cycle. But once I got through that first trimester, 
that beautiful second trimester, you know, energy switched into gear for me, which I experienced with my first pregnancy as well. And I was like, boom, I'm on fire. Like I had all the energy back, all the creative drive. Um, yeah, I was really focusing on working and getting my programs out and all that kind of stuff. So it did turn around, but yeah, those first few months were rough and I was still breastfeeding through those first months. I tried to wean and I just couldn't. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to have to tandem feed. That's going to be my life. <laughs> and one day, about three or four months in, Rivi just decided that the boobies were empty and didn't want them anymore and they weren't empty. And I was like, okay, that's that's totally fine by me. So he self-weaned, thankfully. Um, and then I got to have just that slight, I mean, obviously I had a human inside of me, but that little bit more body autonomy for those few months leading into, you know, the, the next bout of breastfeeding. Perfect. And what was your plan for this birth? What was your model of care? So I wanted to birth with the same midwife and I basically just wanted the same experience, but obviously yeah. I know that wasn't going to be the case. But, yeah, I felt very confident to home birth again. We had such a great experience with our beautiful midwife, Libby, the first time around. Um, I was more, my I guess my focus was more on postpartum and how are we going to manage that with a toddler Um in terms of me being, you know, prioritizing me being able to rest because I really felt like first time around all of that resting and stuff that I did had such a positive impact on my healing. So, yeah, that was kind of my, I guess, my focus going into it was like, okay, how are we going to support ourselves in this postpartum period? Um was less focused, I guess, on the actual birth because I felt like, okay, I, I understand that it's going to be different, but I also know what to expect in a way. Um, and I had no fear around it that I was working through. Like there was the first time around, I had more fear of transferring to hospital. So I was working more on why am I scared of that and, and working through that process um, as part of my birth preparation. Whereas this time around, I felt really clear that, you know, if that did happen, I knew how to advocate and, you know, and and, and whatever happened in the home birth, I felt really clear on like, you know, I became obsessed with birth through that whole process. So I'd listened to all the podcasts and I'd already done, you know, hypnobirthing and stuff with my first pregnancy. So yeah, we kind of just planned on having, you know, the same midwife and birthing at home was our, our priority. Yeah. Um, was there any form of like educational resources that you used throughout that pregnancy or you felt very confident because you'd already no, experienced it? I felt very confident. And I, I think because in a lot of the courses that I present as well, I touch on, you know, the work of Rhea Dempsey and yeah. um, um, a few other people in that space that I'd kind of revisited that work, I guess, as part of my, my work. <laughs> so I felt like I was just so around it and so immersed in it um, that, yeah, it, it, I guess it's just become a part of my life in a way in terms of it, it supports the work that I do with my mentoring and stuff as well. So, yeah, I was sort of around it without intentionally sitting down to do birth prep in that way. Like we still wrote out a birth plan um, and, a, you know, and a backup birth plan in case we had to transfer or, you know, different scenarios and things like that. Um, but, yeah, we both – I think we just, you know, we would just have more candid conversations about it. It, would, it was less about – it was less like me the first time around was like, I've just read this book. I want you to read it too. Let's talk about this and what could happen. And I feel like this second time around it was just – we'd just have more candid conversations over breakfast. Like, okay, cool. So if this happens, we want, we want this – out you know it was just it was just more of a part of our day-to-day -day. Yeah. And, and prepping our little one as well like I watched quite a few well, a bajillion home birth videos with him he loved it all he wants to do is watch home but he still to this day asks me can we watch birthing videos oh, like, um, okay <laughs> we watched a lot of home birth videos together just so that he was prepared for you know the sounds mummy might make or what it looks like when a baby comes out and those kinds of things because yeah. I wanted him to be around in that um, in the birthing space as well 
were you planning to have anyone there to take care of him or was it just your midwife and hubby in the birth space? So that was probably the one thing that I would do differently is have that person there from the get-go. We had a little group set up with um, my sister and a couple of close girlfriends as a backup. So just that we could send a text to that group and someone, they could work it out amongst themselves who was, you know, the closest by and available. Someone could come kind of at the drop of a hat to be there for River. But my vision was that like, he'll go to sleep, I'll birth, I'll labor through the night and I'll birth in the early hours of the morning and he'll wake up and there'll be a baby and we won't have to worry about that care for him. In hindsight, the second I started going into labor, we should have just had someone come and sleep in our spare room just to be an extra pair of hands because I didn't quite anticipate how challenging it would be to be in birth mode but also be thinking oh my god my toddler's been awake for hours he's going to need a nap he's going to be hungry like I was in mum mode still a little bit and it then pulled my my husband into being with him more with the toddler so I was on my own again so we we did call someone once you know the labor went way longer than we thought it was going to but yeah I think looking back I would have just called someone as soon as I started and just that way it would have taken him off my mind like obviously I'm still his mother but it would have I would have known that someone else was going to make sure he was fed and you know those kinds of things yeah yeah okay well let's jump into your birth because I'm really excited to touch on this birth uh because it was so different to your first and there is this misconception that your second baby kind of just shoots out so that obviously as you've said didn't happen um how were you feeling in those last few days let's jump to that stage of your pregnancy so the I guess the big difference is the lead up. So with River, you know, it was COVID, it was Christmas time. So we weren't really working as much. We were kind of just in, you know, going to the beach every day, hanging out, waiting for a baby. Whereas this time around, I um, actually got a book deal in my last trimester, which is really exciting. So I've written a book. Um, So I'd written a book. What book (laughs) is it? Please tell us. Um, it's called Live in Flow. So it's all about living life in flow, basically. So it, it shares my stories over the last 10 years um, of, of, you know, com- of switching from working in corporate and PR world to what I do now and kind of how I followed my values um, and how to tap into your intuition and essentially allow that to guide you to whoever it is and whatever it is that you want to do in this life. Yeah. So take you from surviving to thriving. I love it already. Well, Big congratulations to you. Sounds amazing. Can't wait to read it. That was like a massive life goal that came along yeah. at the end, towards the end of the pregnancy. And so I kind of had to push a bit to get that done because I didn't want to write it with a postpartum brain. Yeah. So I was kind of working on a deadline for that. There was a lot going on in the background with other deals and partnerships and some contract stuff that was getting really messy. And so I was quite stressed leading up to this birth I was there was just so many things that I was trying to wrap up because I'm like you guys I got a birth like I need this I need this signed and done and so yeah there was a lot of work stuff happening in the background that was causing me like yeah quite a bit of stress like just in terms of that pressure of I could feel the birth portal opening and I was like I need I'm, I need to be way more chilled and I'm not and so then of course nature intervened and I got really sick and had this insane flu like I was just a snot monster I had a sore throat I, it was just not ideal at all and my midwife came to visit me and she was like okay like you just need to rest and I'm like I know <laughs> I tell people this stuff I know um and she's like she goes I guarantee as soon as you get this um this one particular contract that I was working on she's like as soon as you get that sorted I guarantee that you'll go into labor. And I was like, well, I'd prefer to have a week after that to get over this cold. She was kind of like, we'll see. 
And so, of course, as soon as I kind of ticked off all the work stuff, I think I had like a day and then I started feeling early signs of labor and I was like, no, it's not ideal. I am so sick. Like I couldn't breathe through my nose. I I just, I had, it was just like a really bad flu. I'm like, okay, this is not ideal, but I guess this is what we're, what we're rolling with. And so, yeah, the lead up was very different. And I mean, whether you could say that's Bit that that you know was how the birth played out was a result of that. I don't know. Yeah, totally. Definitely a contributor going into it, feeling like okay, well, I'm not just in my you know waiting for baby, super chill out. I was like go 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 until that point, and I guess that's kind of what I come back to. Like I'm so grateful that I had you know I was still doing my daily practices of meditating and and yoga and all those things. So it's like thank God I, I had those as my baseline because otherwise yeah. it could have like it would have been a different story but it was yeah it was just not ideal and I knew it wasn't ideal but there was just so many things that were out of my control that were playing out that yeah it was like you know just because I'm about to birth a baby doesn't mean the world around me stops and so I was kind of like oh I need this to be wrapped up so that I can just go into my birth cave so yeah it wasn't ideal in the lead up that's for sure okay so you were feeling a bit stressed and then you were also really sick did you get sick with river as well I feel like I remember that was that someone else no, no, I got sick a week before River, which is the same okay. thing that happened. So the week before Rivi, I got hectic gastro. Like I actually thought yes, I was in labor. My mid right. like, you could be in labor, but this is intense. Like I was a mess and then I had a week to heal. And that happened this time as well. I got this random bout of gastro right before I got the cold where I thought, oh, this is what happened with Riv. Like just he- like violently both ends oh for gosh. like, you know, a few hours. And then nothing. And you're just like, whoa, was that food poisoning? Was that gastro? I don't know. I feel like it's energetically just a purge. Yeah. And then, yeah, literally that was a week before. So that once that happened, my partner and I were like, oh, I think we're a bit closer. Because I was 42 weeks with Riv. So I'm thinking, well, second babies, they say, like, maybe they go longer. So I, in my mind, I'm like, I've, I've got ages left. I was only, I think I was like 37 weeks at that point. So he was born at 38 weeks. Oh, wow. Um, 38 weeks. And so, 38, 39, I, I don't know. The timeline, the timeline's a little bit um, blurry because of the miscarriage. So, so yeah, I couldn't, couldn't base it off the last um, period because of the miscarriage. So, yeah, when I had my 20-week scan, which was the only scan we did, um, yeah, they kind of gave us a different date, which was I think like the 2nd of July or something, and he was born on the 8th. So technically that would have put me over. But then when I did my own math, I was – I was a few weeks behind that because of the, so it was just a who knows really um I would say he was more like 38 39 weeks but you never know mm, okay and so just quickly you did only one scan throughout your pregnancy any other testing I did um yes yeah, so we did the 20 week scan I did a HCG level test early on because I was part of me was like oh is this did I miscarry, like was a miscarriage, could that have been twins and I lost one and now I'm still pregnant? But I definitely felt like I like fully lost a baby. So it was just a bit of a mind like twirl and I and it was a good lesson in, in, you know, I always have been interested more in that like whatever they call it, wild birthing or free birthing or whatever. And so it was a good lesson of that. Like can I actually trust what my body's telling me? My, my body was telling me like, yes, you definitely had a miscarriage and you definitely ovulated and fell pregnant again really quickly. And so, yeah, that's why when I had that scan, they were trying to say that the baby was measuring bigger. It was like, oh, I don't know. So, yeah, anyway, we kind of just went with a rough guess date. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, we kind of placed it as like the 14th and then he was born on the 8th. So yeah. I guess, it's just, and, and I was the same with River. Like, I mean, I would have been technically 42 weeks with him, but I was bang on 40 weeks based on my own personal calculations. So, you know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's jump to that, that first sign of labor starting. Yeah, so we were at home. Um, like I said, I was sick, so I was just kind of in trying to recover mode. We have a gorgeous outdoor bath, and thankfully my toddler loves outdoor baths. <laughs> so I think I was in that bath like three times a day with him because he'd put his goggles on and, you know, I, he has these like <laughs> little fish thing. I'd be like, yep, dive under and see the fish so mummy can just lay here and like breathe. So, yeah, I was just trying as much as I could to rest whilst being with a toddler. And then I think because of that big purge it had, the week before we knew I was getting closer so my hubby was like okay I better start kind of wrapping up my work stuff because I feel like this baby's coming so he was kind of madly trying to like wrap up his stuff to support him having because we work for ourselves so it's a little bit different in terms of managing time off um so he was trying to kind of get some things sorted so that yeah so he was just in work mode I was in recovery mode with the toddler and then started to feel I guess those first feelings of I didn't actually get with Rivi, I had like a week of, you know, Braxton Hicks and a few false starts. And with Oshi, it was kind of like I just felt that first sign of labor, like that first like kind of crampy feeling and just this knowing of like, oh, something's changing. And it was weird. It was like my energy shifted from being like, uh, I feel sick and sorry for myself to like, oh, baby's coming. And I like suddenly started pumping like 90s music and dancing around the house. And my partner's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I love it. Like, I'm just, I'm, I feel like this baby's coming. This is what's happening. Like, you need to stop working now. We're in labor. And he was like, okay. <laughs> so it was, we had a few little plans that we did with, with our toddler. So to just kind of involve him in that process. So we planned on in those early stages of labor to bake a cake as Osha's birthday cake together. So I was like, quick, go and get the cake stuff out. Like, let's make the cake. And I think because everyone around me had said, your first birth was eight hours, like this second baby, like, babe, you better be prepared to free birth. It's just going to fall out of you. Like that was the comments I was getting from everyone. And intuitively I was still like mm, mentally prepare for a marathon because you never know. But also I was like, well, I wouldn't be mad with just, you know, four hours, bang, bang, done kind of thing. Mm. And so I was like, quick, we need to bake this cake now because this baby could be here in like two hours, you know, like you start to think like, and and then I'd had a few friends around me that had birthed their second and it had literally been that, like the baby had just fallen out of them basically in the middle of the <laughs> night when they woke up kind of thing. Like, yeah. so I was thinking, oh, this could be fast. Like, let's do all those things. So yeah, I, I was just like, there's videos of me just dancing around the house and baking a cake and just being in this like high vibe mood and then feeling really nostalgic about, you know, my toddler and our last final moments together and spending time with him. And so, you know, I did his last bath and bedtime. And I actually said to my husband, like, come and take a photo of me. Like, this is the last time I'm putting him to bed when it's like just me and him. And yeah, I was just feeling really emotional and like, yeah, like, like I was in a rom-com, like that kind of was, that was my vibe. I was just dramatizing everything and like, oh, this is my last moment of this and da 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 da. And so <laughs> I put him to sleep, and um, by that stage, the the construction the contractions were still pretty mild. And so I was like, oh, maybe I called that like a little bit early, like to bake the cake. But you know, all right, it's all good, like it's done. And so I said to my partner, I'm like, oh, look, they're still pretty mild. It was it was you know bedtime at that point. I'm like, why don't we just get some rest? Um, we called the midwife and kind of just told her what was happening and she was like sweet 
And in the background, she'd accidentally ended up at another birth supporting someone. One of her colleagues was supposed to be doing a hospital birth and the woman decided last minute that she didn't want to go to the hospital. So her colleague didn't have, you know, all the equipment and stuff. So Livy was like, oh, well, I'm around. I've got my stuff. I can come and help. And then, of course, that coincided with when I went into labor. So she was like, I'm just around the corner, but I'm also at another birth, but it's all good. Like, I'll come if you need me. Just let me know. So we're like, yep, sweet. We'll rest. So we meditated and then um, tried to lie down and have a sleep. And then I just like contractions were just amping up and amping up. And so I said to Tyson, like, look, you stay sleeping and, and rest and I'll just let you know if I need you. And so I was kind of just getting in and out of the shower and walking around the house and it was, it wasn't like super, super intense, but it was more, it was like intense enough that I couldn't just, I couldn't sleep. So I was just trying to, you know, just move around and do my kind of like stretches and breathing. And like I set up the birth altar and lit all the candles and I was just feeling really excited and ready. Like I was like, oh yes, I'm so excited for birth again. Like, here we go. Anyway, they, they started really, really ramping up. Um, and then, I was like, cool, like this is, they're getting really close together. They're getting really intense. And then of course my toddler woke up and I had to wake up my partner. I'm like, River's just woken up, but like my contractions are getting more and more intense. Can you go and settle him? So he went upstairs to try and settle him. Of course he wouldn't settle. He only wanted mummy. So I'm like, fuck. So I go in by that stage, I was like in labor. And of course he would, he took forever to go back to sleep. Like in the past, it would have been a five minute little, like, you know, give him a little rub and off he goes back to sleep. But he he knew something was happening and he just yeah. would not settle. And so that started to slow things down again. I was like, oh, man. And so then I came downstairs and got in the shower. And by this stage it was about midnight uh, or just before midnight and the hot water ran out and we were kind of halfway through filling up the pool at that point. And my partner said he just looked at my face and he's like, I literally could see what you were thinking. Like he's like, your, it was like your heart sunk and you were like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to do this birth without the birth pool because it wasn't f- full enough at that point and so he was like don't worry I'll get hot water popped on the stove and we just moved into this house like you know only a few months ago so we didn't quite know when the water was going to refill or what was going to happen so I was like oh my god we don't have any hot water like with river we'd prepared for that we'd borrowed an urn and we were prepared for like all these contingencies and I think this time around we just didn't think about that so he was madly like filling up, sto- you know, every pot he could find and putting it on the stove to fill up the birth pool. And I was then just being like, I, I don't know how to labor without water. Like I relied on it so heavily. River, I was in and out of the pool, in and out of the shower, and then I couldn't do that. And so I was like, okay, I just guess I have to be on land. <laughs> like that's happening. And then, so then I was kind of like, okay, cool, that's all right. Just you know, pivot and keep breathing. And was just kind of doing my thing. And and then. I got to the point where I was like, I need, I need to get in the pool. Like this is getting way more intense. I just, I just wanted the water. And I think because I didn't have the shower, I just was like the, like the pool will do just get as much water into it as you can. And so then at that point, um, it was, yeah, it was probably like the early hours of the morning. Um, and Tice was like, Oh, she's like getting, this is getting really intense. Again, he'd been told a million times, like this is going to happen so fast. So he called the midwife and she was like, cool, yeah, I'm on my way. I'm actually just coming straight from this other birth. So she hadn't slept. Um, So she called the second midwife, which normally they don't do until like the very, very, very final stages um, of a home birth. But because she hadn't slept, she was like, I might need the backup. So the second midwife got there and and you can start to see as I'm telling this, like it's just this, this, you know, it's it's this slow, like the toddler waking up, the hot water running out, the second midwife arrived and she was lovely, but 
my midwife is very, very hands off and just like a fly on the wall unless you need her. Whereas this woman was like rubbing my back and telling me I was amazing and telling Tice to do like, she's like, just give her, stimulate her nipples. And it was just, Mm. we were like, we knew all that stuff like intimacy and whatever breeds and I was like lady I got a call the last thing I want to do is make out with him right now like yeah, can you totally. not see how snotty crazy? was that the first time you had met the second midwife as well the first time I met her as yeah. well um so it was like it was just this unknown like and I think with the first home birth I'd had like again that second midwife she wasn't there until I was pushing and I barely even noticed her like she was just fly on the wall you know and that was just kind of what I wanted. And so, yeah, maybe I hadn't communicated that. And again, it was like that cascade of my midwife had gotten here. She'd gone, she'd kind of seen where I was and was like, look, I'm just going to have a quick nap so that I can be fresh. And so then the second midwife was taking charge and yeah, it just wasn't my style. And so it was, I was starting to make me feel observed and a bit awkward. And I was like, nah, this is, I'm forcing this now. And so I, I was like, you know, when you have, I can't remember what it's called, but there's that thing that goes up your butt crack that basically tells how far dilated you are you can get that line that goes up your back that was like fully all the way I was honestly I was in that pool I feel like I was fully dilated and ready to go and then like yeah the second midwife coming all these kinds of things and then of course my toddler woke up again and then by this stage it was like 3 30 in the morning and I was like okay I have this woman who's lovely but not my vibe and then my toddler's now woken up I was like this is not happening and I was just by that point I was so exhausted because I was so sick and so I'm like hey I'm just I'm just I'm calling this like I was literally fully at like pushing mode and it wasn't happening and I was like I can't force this baby out of me like that's that's not going to happen so we just had to take a step back and so at that point it was you know the sun was starting to come up and like once when River woke up I kind of thought maybe he's waking up because he intuitively knows like baby's coming and so I think I kind of amped myself up for that but I just realized like I was trying to force something that just wasn't happening based on so many factors and so I just kind of like my midwife woke up and we had a chat and I said to her I was like look this is what's happened this is where I think everything's like kind of derailed I'm going to call someone to be here with Riv um and then and she was like look yeah 100 I'm going to go I'm going to I'm not going to bring the second midwife back until like the absolute last second and I'll tell her to just be a little bit more fly on the wall um and she was like you just call me when you need but you need you need to rest because you've gone into this kind of sick and you know now you've just done a whole night of labor um you've basically gone to pushing stage and now you're going to have to do the whole thing again and I was just like oh my god like the the mental like challenge of that was like oh here we go so interesting though hey how you know this is you know we talk about this a lot on the podcast how just that the act of being observed and not feeling comfortable with someone in your birth space can literally stall your labor so had your had your surges stopped at this point so they they backed right off so they'd gone from being like full i'm about to birth a baby to just kind of like i think they were maybe it would have been like maybe every 10 or so minutes like they dropped all the way back so interesting it's like your body is saying okay we need to stop it's not safe anymore and I I actually remember reading about it in a um in an Ida Guskin book about how she literally was describing that she literally watched this woman's cervix like like 10 centimeters fully ready to push and then 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 other doctor came into the room and a few like two things happened in the space of two minutes and she literally went back down to like two centimeters and I honestly feel like that's what happened it was like I went from 
fully ready to go to just my body going, nah, this is not the energy. Mm. And then also I think because of the toddler factor, my, my partner and I, we were both in this energy of like, come on, let's get this baby out because we're about to have a toddler that's going to be hungry. And so it's like, that's not the energy to birth in. And so no. it was, it was kind of like, we all just needed to go, okay, hang on, stop We're we're forcing something that is, is flow. And I mean, for me, this birth was like the most the biggest lesson in embodying every single thing that I teach. Like I, I thought I knew it from my first birth and this birth, I had to walk that. Like I had to really embody it of like, okay, you have to fully trust this. And so I sent everyone out. Um, I said to my partner, I'm like, we've got my sister arrived. Like she lives in Queensland. So she was here as soon as she could. She took Rivi. He was cooked spaghetti. Like he'd been up since 3am. He didn't know what was going on. So He's there's photos of him. She took him for a sleepy drive. There's photos of him in his pajamas at a park, just like eating a banana. Going, this is my life. My mum's having a baby. <laughs> my PJs, like, whew. so. But it was great because it meant that, and he knew it was like he was so happy to just play with her. And he then started coming in and out of our space. So I then went to try and sleep and just rest as much as I could. And it was it was kind of at that moment that I started to fully soften into okay, this isn't about me holding space for my toddler or worrying about anything else work-wise or whatever. This is about me going into this birth portal and this is this is a big moment and it's not just like a let's get this over with and like move on to, you know, like yeah. not let's get it over with but like I was just like this is going to happen quick. Like but a bang, but a boom, we'll have a baby and it was like that's not what's happening. This is what's happening and you just need to be present to this. So mm. I went and rested as much as I could. I tried to eat something um and I it was funny it was like at that point my cold symptoms started improving um and so even though I'd had no sleep and you know been up pretty much all night and so yeah I just I just meditated and just allowed myself just to be in my own energy massively um and so yeah my sister was here most of the day um with River and like once those can it's funny because my sister it was the first time she'd kind of been around birth and she's an OT and very like clinically minded so she was actually timing the contractions which is not something that Tyson and I normally do but I could hear her in the background being like 10 minutes seven <laughs> minutes six minutes <laughs> I was like stop but it was just like that was you know she was just doing it it was quite funny just hearing her outside with river timing it It was probably interesting for her (laughs) yeah yeah and were so this whole entire time were you still having like very mild surges or did it ever completely stop or it never completely stopped it I was having surges the whole time so when I went upstairs to try and nap like I would be woken up every maybe 10-15 minutes with another surge so I never got to like just go to sleep for a few hours and wake up and try again I was still in active-ish labor that whole time and so mentally it was just it was just like oh my god like this is I can see I could see why at that point you know if I was in a hospital system if someone had said hey here's a little white flag get you out of this it would have been tempting to be like fucking hell I'm exhausted like let me sleep or even transfer you know yeah like a lot of women at that point would have transferred and I think that's really commendable to you and you know what you were saying about getting in the flow everything that you live you were able to see what was happening and actually took the action that needed to happen to get back into that state of flow, which I love so much. So powerful. Yeah. And like, I, that's just, it's our meditation practice. It's what we teach and what we do. It's like you sit, we sit down and we, we use a, a mantra based meditation. It takes you into this, this deep unbounded 
beingness and that is birth like it is such an abstract space to be in it is such a unknown it's such a mystery every time like you can have similar birth experiences you know women to woman but it's always going to be so different because it's such a mystery so yeah I, I just I started kind of they started ramping up I guess just naturally throughout the day and it was it was funny because it ended up being actually so beautiful so because we had someone here with Rivi the midwives had gone home my partner and I in a weird way got to have this beautiful intimate like date together <laughs> where we we just like we switched off I was like I can't listen to this birth playlist anymore like I need to listen to like other music because it's been going for like by this stage like 20 hours um and so we just put on other music and we just like danced together and sung and cried and like reminisced about you know moments in our relationship and it was just it ended up being like I almost want to cry thinking about it it was just it was so intimate and beautiful and we didn't really get that with Rivi's birth because it was so fast that it was like you know we had music in the background and it was like next minute we're in the pool and there's a baby kind of thing and so whereas um with this birth it was like I actually got to slow down and experience that beautiful like we danced like we were just dancing in our living room together and it was so dreamy and so beautiful in that way like yes it was hard because I'd been going for like we ended up being 29 hours in total but it was just we had just we just we tried we just dropped into this beautiful intimacy that we're like oh we got to just have like a 20 hour date together like Mm. when was the last time we got to do that as parents so (laughs) it was just it was just beautiful and then watching him you know support me River would see that and he'd come in and he'd put his hand on my back and say like great job mama or he'd give me some coconut water in a little tumbler cup and like he was just in and he was able to come in and out of that birth space, but his actual care was being taken by, you know, responsibility was on someone else, which was yeah. ended up just being actually so beautiful and was like, oh, I probably should have done that from the start. But that just allowed it to really kind of progress. And then my sister actually had like another commitment that she had to be. So she left and one of my beautiful girlfriends, Georgia, came. And by this stage, it was around five o'clock in the afternoon and things were really, really ramping up. Um and I was just feeling like like every every surge, every contraction, whatever you want to call it, was was in my hip flexor. And I didn't experience that with River because my waters broke with him and eight hours later he was born. Whereas this time around my waters hadn't broken. And so there was just this pressure and it was pushing into my hip flexor and it was it was blocking. So the hip flexor energetically, that's your like feminine center of fluidity and flow and ease. And so because there was so much pressure from the sack, it was creating tension in that area for me. And so I was just feeling like all I wanted to do was soften and work with these surges, but I was just being met with harshness, which is a beautiful metaphor. And so I was just like getting kind of frustrated because I'm like, oh, I want that feeling. I know what it feels like, but I can't get it because it's just the pressure was just like pushing and pushing and pushing. And so, <coughs> pardon me, sorry. And so at that point, it got to about five o'clock. My toddler was cooked. My beautiful friend was able to put him to sleep. And I mean, that sounds like nothing, but he is so used to only mum and dad putting him down that that just felt like a miracle. Like, I mean, I was like, what do you mean he's asleep? Yeah. She took him to bed, fed him dinner. Like she was just, honestly, she was amazing. And then she just went into the spare room and just kind of hung out um, while we continued to labor. Um, and then at that point I was in the birth pool, it was probably about six o'clock at night at this point. So I'd watched the sun go like up and down. We were we were almost twenty nine hours in, 
And I think that was that was another difference as well is because I was organizing stuff for my toddler, I'd looked at my phone so I knew what the time was, whereas with Rivi I very intentionally put it to the side so I didn't know what the time was. So I was – and obviously, like, you can see the sunset and rise, but I was like, this has been going on for a long time. Mm. And so then at that point another friend showed up because Ty's forgotten that he'd He'd panicked, ordered an urn just in case we ran out of water again. So then she showed up with an urn, and at that point I was in transition, and I was, and so she came in and was like, "Oh fuck, like sorry." Uh. And I was like, "Everyone, everyone needs to get out." Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, Ty said he had this moment where he thought, "Are we going to transfer? Like, is M is M going to tap out at this point?" Because he could just see that I was. I was at the end. Like I was like, I have been going and going really hard without a break for 29 hours. Like I'm done. And he just pulled me in. We're in the birth pool at this point. He just pulled me in and he was like, it's actually, it's, I actually found the footage of this today. And he was like, you are a warrior. You are a thriving mama. Close your eyes and go into the portal. You know how to do it. Like I want to cry thinking about it. <laughs> I got goosebumps. And, um, I was like, it was like I had to just give myself permission to fully surrender into the hardness of it and the challenge of it. And so it was like him saying that. I just, I closed my eyes and I just saw this portal open and I went into like super Saiyan crazy mode. I got, I just instinctively jumped out of the pool, got on all fours and started forcing myself to vomit violently. Like I was like, and like the second midwife, the one that was like really caring and lovely was you could tell it was like, it was like every fiber in her being wanted to rush over to me, but she was like, you know, I could hear in the background being like, oh, darling. Like, oh. <laughs> and I just, I started like power spewing and every spew started to break my waters. I started to like gush fluid out. The, like, and like, it's really inappropriate, but I actually said to my partner, I turned to him, I was like, babe, I'm squirting, but like not in a fun way. <laughs> he's like, are you cracking a joke right now? Like, oh, gosh. Midwife's funny. like, what did she just say? <laughs> and so, but it was like, I was in, I was in two worlds. Like, I just, it yeah. was, it wasn't me logically doing that. It was like, I went into this instinct mode of like, break these goddamn waters. And so, every spew yeah. made me like squirt, 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 squirt. Like, I was gushing fluid. And then I just, again, just instinctively jumped straight back into the pool. And as soon as I softened into the water, the bag of waters just came shooting out of me. Like I actually thought it might've been a baby. I was like, what was that? And my midwife's like, oh, I think that was, there goes your waters. And then as soon as that happened, it was like in the movies, you know, when like heaven opens up and it goes, it was like the portal finally opened. And I just sat back I remember exactly how I was sitting I was on my knees and I just sat back and pushed my hands down into my thighs and just felt this like goddess energy of like oh my god the relief and then as soon as I did that his head dropped down onto the cervix and I was like uh, we're crowning and so I looked at Tyson I was like go and get River because he really wanted to be there to see the baby born so the poor toddler's like been up and down all day the next minute he's finally asleep and his dad rushes in and he's like the baby's coming you could get up and he's like I just want to be asleep (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Tice grabs him and brings him out to the living room. By that stage, the head was out. And, um, yeah, I just I, – I loved that process. Like I've, I'm feeling like, oh, my God, I'm so close. I just – like I can't believe that this baby is being born right now in the pool in front of the fire exactly as I'd imagined it but also in no way how I'd imagined it. Um, and, yeah, he came out and that feeling of relief was just – oh my god like my my body even feels that now it was just oh thank 
God. And he was beautiful and healthy, um, but he wasn't crying yet. And so, again, like this instinct kicked in. Um, my partner was like, oh, we need to clear his boogers. And I just instinctively put my mouth over his nose and his mouth and sucked all this gunk out and spat into the pool. It's quite charming. And then he let out a cry and, yeah, he was born. And my little, my toddler's there going, great job. Oh, bless. <laughs> So beautiful. And how are you feeling? Because you've just done, was it 29 hours of laboring? Like, how are you feeling? I was just so relieved. Like I, it was this massive moment of like, I did it and I can do it and I can do hard things. Like, and I, I'd experienced that in my first pregnancy. Like that was my big thing was like, wow, I can do hard things. This is amazing. But this was like doing a really hard thing and like mentally going into place in my mind where I had to like I fully doubted myself and my ability and I was like is this baby stuck is there something wrong like I had to I in my transition I had to really really confront some really really dark places in my mind of like why isn't this happening you know as this effortless thing and then that feeling of ultimately the reward of trusting yourself and being like I trusted myself and here here is my reward this baby came out beautifully healthy it was yeah it was just this full amazing feeling and like with river I think it took me I was so on another planet it took me a while to fully come back in and realize like oh my gosh there's a baby whereas with Oshi it was like straight away I was just like oh my baby like I did it I'm here and you can see like in in some of the videos I've shared like there's just that that look of exhaustion but elation elation on my face it's just like whoa it was the best feeling yeah and what about your fourth stage so at that point we were in the pool for a little bit um just you know kind of in that beautiful energy um and then I because I was encapsulating my placenta I needed to get I needed to birth it out of the pool so I kind of I always find that that's the most awkward part like clamoring out of the pool still attached to something that's still inside of you like it just is like ugh. And at that point, after so long, I was like, I am done. Get this placenta out of me. (laughs) So we got onto the couch and um, he just instinctively did his little breast crawl and just latched straight away. Um, And so whilst he was on the boob, I don't know, I just, I personally, with Riv the same, I just found the placenta just an uncomfortable feeling to have still there. So I said to my midwife, I'm like, can we just, can we just get this out? And she was like, well, if you feel like it's like, it's ready to come. And so I just kind of squatted off the edge of the couch and she just held the bowl and I just kind of like pulled the cord, I think lightly. And then just, yeah, like a surge came and I just out, out came the placenta. And that was, I guess, the ultimate relief. Cause then my body just felt like it could fully relax into the experience of like beautiful baby and the placenta's out and like, we're all good. Um, we were all on the couch at that point. Review was cuddled up into us. And then my beautiful friend Georgia brought over the birthday cake and we all sung happy birthday to Osha and ate cake and drank tea. And it just felt like this beautiful celebration um, after such a like a, a marathon to get there. Oh, my gosh. And were you high on adrenaline at that point or were you feeling exhausted? Yeah. yeah. And I was so high on adrenaline yeah. at that point. I was like, I can do anything. Let's do it again. <laughs> so good. Uh, so it was, and then it was kind of beautiful. Like the, the only part of it my toddler didn't like was the placenta. Like he looked at it and he said, I don't love it. <laughs> I was fair like, enough. fair enough, babe. It, yeah. it is kind of a strange thing for a two-year-old to experience. Totally. So, and he was so tired. So he was like, I want to go back to bed. So my, my partner took him back to bed 
um, which was really nice. Like I just got to chat to my midwife and feed the baby and drink tea and just kind of like unravel this whole experience. And and it was actually really beautiful having my friend Georgia there as well. Like it was just such an incredible experience to share with a close girlfriend. Like, and she was stoked. She's like, I never thought I'd end up at your birth. Like that was amazing. Um, and so, yeah, she was just, you know, she, they were all just beautiful. Midwives are amazing. They just suddenly this place is clean and everything's put away yeah. and there's tea you and so they kind of just ran around and did all that stuff and um with after Rivi's birth I was like no I don't want to shower I just wanted to be in bed but after this birth I was like I need a shower <laughs> and so we did the delayed like cord cutting we waited until like the cord had stopped pulsing and all of that and then cut the cord and then the placenta gets um for refrigerated and everything to go off for encapsulation and so at that point I said to Tyson I'm like do you want to do um some skin on skin with the baby and I'm just I just need to have a shower and just kind of regroup um and so he of course was like yes give me the baby so he he laid on the couch and just held Osha and I kind of like waddled my way to the bathroom and I just remember being in that shower and thinking to myself holy shit I can't I actually can't believe I just did that like there was it was moments in the shower earlier on where I was singing that Sia song, like, I'm unstoppable. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> like, I, was I was singing that to myself to like when it was going on for a long time, I was like, you're going to have to go full warrior mode. And I was like in the shower kind of like it was, again, like the dramatic rom-com version. I was like it was like the acoustic <laughs> version this was softly playing and I just like had this cry to myself was like, you fucking did that. Like that was wow. so wild, so beyond like ex- expectations of what I thought a second birth would be and yeah I just felt like like so immensely proud of myself for like sticking to my guns for trusting my instincts for all those things I was like wow that was amazing and I think that feeling as well of just like that that first shower like just feeling like oh whoa like I'm just energetically washing off this huge experience and um yeah, it's just it's a beautiful cleansing moment. And then, you know, like then you touch your belly again and you're like, holy crap, that baby's not there anymore. Like it's it's wild. So, yeah, I had my really enjoyed my shower. The hot water was back on, thank God. <laughs> and um, <laughs> chucked on my, you know, adult diaper and, and went back out. And then, um, yeah, we all got back into bed. And it was actually kind of beautiful because then it was like our regular bedtime. It was like 10 o'clock. We all got into bed as a family of four. Um, we were still all co-sleeping at that point. Um, and so, yeah, baby just slept on me and yeah, Rivi woke up in the morning and I think that's when he kind of was like, oh, there's a baby. And that's when he had his first cuddles and yeah, it was so special. So looking at your entire journey, what would be some of the key pieces of advice that you could share with the pregnant women listening? I think it's like going into birth with a with a clear plan and intention. Like ultimately I got my dream birth. I, I visioned birthing in a pool in front of the fireplace, you know, all those kinds of things. It's just that the labor went for way longer than yeah. maybe I had of had of planned. But I think, you know, being prepared for for anything, um, having those contingency plans, having it written down um, to action on, like it, it was actually so great just being able to send one text to a group and have someone here an hour later to help with the toddler or to, you know, do those kinds of things, like yeah. that prep. Um, so I think being prepared for anything but then doing the mental preparation because, you know, like labor is is work. It's a really hard workout. So being physically prepared for that, but also mentally prepared to be able to, you know, they say labor is like 10 years of therapy condensed into however long that labor is. And so 
it's knowing the things and the triggers and the stuff that might come up for you and how to actually having the tools to confront those um which for me I felt definitely helped and meant that we didn't transfer because in those moments where I you know I could have just gone this get me like get me out of here I had those tools to be like you got to face this like you know there's nothing wrong you know it's okay like going into that Mm. then having that having a birth team you know around you that you feel really comfortable with like I think one thing looking back in hindsight I should have written in that I just I guess I just assumed a second midwife would be the same the second time around but I probably should have specified my my preference of what I wanted their role to be is like a little bit more hands off because yeah that definitely threw me suddenly having someone in my space um, even though she was yeah she was so lovely and she was so helpful with River when he woke up like there was a lot of benefits and to her being there like it's not her fault or anything but it, it's just a different style of birth to what yeah. I was used to um, I've had other friends that have birthed with her and they're like oh I loved that she was giving me you know cues and positive affirmations yeah. and those kinds of things and I'm, yeah it's just not my style yeah. Um, so, yeah, and just but just having those tools like meditation I think is one of the best things you can do because it teaches you to be uncomfortable in the unknown and the unbounded, which is what birth is. It's a massive mystery. Um, and then having like the practical things, like make sure you're hydrated, make sure that you're nourished in some way going into it as much as possible. If you are sick, try to get better. You know, yeah. like, all, of those, all of those kinds of things that just, you know, rest as much as you can in the lead up yeah and during um yeah and and stay hydrated like that's a that's a big thing because I also find that when the more hydrated you are obviously like it helps fill up your bladder which then pushes the baby down and then so the bladder is going full empty full empty it's helping move baby as well which is like a really great little labor hack that I love so yeah definitely try to drink as much water as you can or coconut water and those hydrolyte kind of like whatever they what's it called that you make a labor aid that you make yeah those kinds of things I would say to just have on hand ready to go yeah amazing always such a joy to chat with you emma so many valuable lessons in your journey today thank you so much for coming on the show again and sharing it with us no thanks for having me that brings us to the end of today's episode such an interesting story with so many important lessons woven throughout i really admire emma's ability to remove herself from the environment that was ultimately working against her in a moment where exhaustion or doubt could have taken over she was able to recognize what her body and mind needed to allow her physiology to unfold this is a profound lesson for you to absorb Emma's story illustrates for us how crucial it is to recognize these cues because the trajectory of her birth experience could have been completely different without this awareness. When it comes to your own labor, before succumbing to doubts about your body's progress or its ability to give birth, consider evaluating your environment first. Probe whether any noticeable changes might be influencing your mindset and affecting your physiology. Your body is intricately designed to safeguard you and your baby and everyone perceives a threat differently. So it is crucial to keep this in mind within your space. I trust you all loved today's episode as much as I did. I highly recommend following Emma over on her Instagram. You will find all of the links in the show notes. She shares inspiring, authentic, and relatable content, and her insights provide valuable knowledge on navigating this wild and beautiful season of motherhood. 
If you love PBA, please don't forget to take a moment and leave a review on your podcast platform or hit that subscribe button. Your feedback is invaluable in helping us to continue to deliver inspiring stories each week. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. We'll be back next week with another episode of PBA. Until then, take care, stay curious, and continue to embrace the beauty of